Welcome to Live the Fuel, where we fuel your health, business, and lifestyle. And now your host, Scott Mulvaney. All right. Good day and good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another Live the Fuel podcast show. That's right. We're here to fuel your health, your business, your lifestyle. So I've got an exciting new guest co-host for you today. Uh, this gentleman, I believe the term is, is uh, coming to us from over the pond. And uh, that's right. Uh, the UK, he's five hours ahead of me, uh, but that's what we do in the online space. We don't care about time zones. We just make it happen. Uh, but this gentleman, I found through, shout out, Maxwell Ivy, the blind blogger. And uh, obviously, there's a connection here on blindness because we're now going to be talking today to an awareness champion for RP, the blind poet himself, David Steele. Welcome to the show, sir. How are you doing? You okay? I am loving life because you and I had some fun technical difficulties last night with internet performance issues. <laughs> so it, it, the struggle is real, real, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, the struggle is real. So, but hey, we're making it happen. We don't give up. No. So, uh, quick, quick little extended intro for the listeners. I found Dave. And I don't know if it's Dave or David, we'll dig into that more, but David is, David's online everywhere, but I found him because all of a sudden Max retweets a little video and, uh, Dave is gifted with, uh, some, some vocals. Uh, you have no problem singing, sir. Do you? Oh, you've seen that one. I didn't realize that. Well, that's, uh, really yeah, that's how I found you, my friend. Ah, was it really? <laughs> yes. I didn't know that. That was okay. my first interlude. He's just like, you got to listen to this. And I, I click on it. I was traveling actually at the time. And I'm like, man, this guy can sing. So yeah, yeah. I, I worked as a singer um, for mo- well, most of my life, quite a number of years, um, touring all over the place. And now do you, do you besides uh, you know, posting videos on Twitter, uh, do you still try and sing to this day? Uh, any semi-professionally or? I, I, was, I was singing semi-pro up until the beginning of this year. And then literally everything that I do within the blind community now is just sort of taken over. So wow. I had to say, right, okay, I'm going to do this. This is, this is, you know, where my passion is at the moment. And, and, uh, you know, it's what I want to do. Uh, it's really important to me. And, and the singing, um, sort of fell by the wayside, you know, that, that was a thing that I thought I'd never give up on, but you know, this, I feel as if this is my true calling, not the singing, it's the, uh, it's the poetry. Well, that's something powerful to pause on because we talk a lot about like we have health experts come on and business experts come on and lifestyle experts. And it's interesting because you literally just quickly summed up how you were quite passionate about your artistic side and the, the gift of vocal, which I do not sing at all, uh, except when I was a little kid, I sang in a chorus class in school. But other than that, you are much better at this than I am. And I, I can't believe you, you gave all, I wouldn't say gave it all up, but clearly this, this mission for the, uh, the blind community, it, it means a lot to you. It's, it's, it's my world. When I start, first started losing my sight four years ago, sight loss for everyone that goes through it uh, generally sort of takes your confidence, your pride, your independence. But the biggest thing it took from me was my purpose. Uh, when I was diagnosed, within the first week of me being diagnosed, I was told I could never drive again. Through that, I lost my means of employment. Uh, we really struggled, you know, to the point where we lost our home. And I didn't have a clue what I was going to do next because everything that I'd done in the past had involved me getting around driving on my own. Mm. So when I found this ability to be able to write down everything that I was going through, share it with the blind community, 
and, and, and get the reaction that I did, that gave me my purpose back. I was at my lowest when these words suddenly, you know, came. I, I'd never really written poetry before. Being a singer, uh, which I have been for, you know, a number of years, I'd written a few songs and I'd probably written a couple of poems when I was younger, but nothing really seriously. And then as soon as I started to lose my sight, I started writing every day, sometimes two or three a day, to the point where now, four years later, I've written over 600 poems, three books. Yeah, and, and, and actually, I should correct myself. That, that uh, What was the piece that he was just tweeting about you? Because yeah, I, I saw the music, and I obviously watched yeah. your, your video of the actual you reading of the poetry. I think it was like two weeks ago. It, yeah, it was last week, actually. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, it was last week. Last week here in the UK, it was uh, National Poetry Day. Ah, uh, that would make sense. Also, yeah, it's also Blindness Awareness Month worldwide, October. Um, so to sort of mix up the two, I um, posted out on quite a number of different platforms, social media and different charities here in the UK, shared uh, a poem that I just, uh, I, I, I think it was a poem that featured in my last book, uh, which was released in February, beginning of this year. Hmm. And, um, I yeah, recorded a video of me reciting that for National Poetry Day, and that seemed to sort of, strike a chord and get shared quite a lot of places yeah and actually while we're chatting about that ladies and gentlemen uh you can actually find him on facebook at stand by me and then the letters rp because there's obviously anybody here in the u.s there's some old movie connections to an 80s flick called stand by me uh but definitely add the rp on there and you'll find the stand by me rp awareness page and there's dave on the profile image holding multiple books and actually i'm going to screen share on that because we, you, you've literally published multiple books. <laughs> so yeah, three books in the last three years. Yeah. So, and interesting enough, they're all the same title. So that's right. It's is this like a series? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a series. The series is finished now. I'm actually going to be writing. Well, I'm in the middle of writing another book at the moment with uh, a friend of mine who lives in New York. Okay. Uh, we're writing a book called uh, Blind Parenthood, which is all about a visual impaired, two visual impaired parents bringing up children and our different stories. Uh, but the Stand By Me RP series, which was, you know, literally poetry talking about all aspects of living with sight loss, not just with RP, but for all different conditions. And, and people, I've had messages from people um, who have who have just had long-term illnesses or, 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 you know, been through some kind of struggle in their lives that can relate to these poems. So it's not just you know about people that have got retinitis pigmentosa um the, the the subjects that i talk about a lot of people will relate to and you know the messages that i get i still get every day from people are just it blows me away it's absolutely frightening some of the stories and connections i've made with people it's it's been and it still is it's you know every day it surprises me it's amazing seeing how far my words have actually traveled it, it's honestly stunning it's, um, it's, that's the power of the online space these days. And I love inspiring people with podcasts because it's like what you're sharing with us right now. It's like, listen, you never expected it to start getting an extended reach, but well, well I'll tell you something the, the, the second, the second book, a little story from the second book. Yeah. Um, was, um, I, I got a message a couple of years ago uh, while I was writing the second book, uh, from a lady in, uh, Amarillo in Texas. And she messaged me to say that her, uh, her young daughter, youngest daughter, Jackie Wilson, she's called, and she was six at the time, um, and she was going blind uh, through RP, um, and she was losing sight quite rapidly at the age of six. She was going for a really rough time, and she messaged me to say that she had my first book, and that Jackie 
had been getting bullied at school, but she was using the lines within the poems to come back at the bullies and they were really helping her. Really? So I started speaking to Jackie. We did a couple of FaceTime calls and um, I sort of messaged her and, you know, we had a little chat on the phone. And uh, a few months later, she was going through a particularly rough time. So I wrote a poem for her talking about her life, everything that her mum had told me. And I put it in the second book without telling her. And then I sent her one of the first copies of the book. And when she received it, she ran and skipped into school, all excited. I'm in a book, I'm in a book telling all her friends. And wow. that was one, you know, that's just one example of that made the writing the book all the worthwhile, having the power to be able to do that for people. And I've done that quite a few times as a girl uh, who, whose family I speak to down here in the south of England who has got Usher syndrome, which is deaf blindness. So it's the same sort of vision loss that I have, but she's also going um, prof profoundly deaf as well. And she went for a really rough time at school. She's she's only 15, Alice. And um, she tried to take her own life uh, a few months back. Oh, wow. And I wrote a poem for her and her mum had it printed on the canvas and put on a wall. So anytime she's going through a, a particular downtime she can read this poem hmm. and it'll it'll remind her of all the strength that she has and all of the reasons why she needs to be around so, so that's a gift i'm intrigued obviously so obviously we we did a shout out to max i believe he also is rp and again yeah. uh for the listeners because uh, with possible accent because you have such a nice accent I'm, i don't um what does rp stand for again properly RP is called, it's, it stands for retinitis pigmentosa. Okay. And retinitis pigmentosa is a degenerative eye, eye disease. There's no treatment or cure for it to this day. And there's about 80 different genetic types of it. And, and basically the, the way it, it, the mutation that it causes, it starts off with night blindness. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, when it's quite sort of, when, just when it's dusk, you, you go completely blind. You can't see a thing right. in dim and then you start to lose your peripheral vision. So it's like a tunnel vision, but going inwards. Mm -hmm. And then your central vision goes to nothing. So I got uh, around five degrees of my sight remaining. It's an invisible disability as well. So most people, I get this all the time. People say to me, oh, you don't look blind. You don't look blind. I don't know what blind is supposed to look like, but you don't look blind. I get that, you know, quite well, a lot. Well, all right. I can... I can somewhat understand that. This is good for people to hear this because this is a lifestyle component, right? Because you guys then have to literally morph your life throughout this transformation. And I, besides Max, I've had on, did you ever hear of, from Australia, uh, he was a, he's a lawyer. His name is Dale Reardon. Yes. Yeah, so I had him on the show back on episode 178, and we got to learn all about his, his movement, which is called My Disability Matters. So. Yeah. Um, great, great background. And he dug heavily into what RP was and because same thing, it's interesting. So when you look at Dale or if you look at Max, there is a tracking of the eye that starts changing, like, cause they can't focus and they don't see. So you might have one eye looking one way and one eye looking another. So maybe that's what some people like myself who have, you know, perfect vision aren't used to seeing. And they just assume that all people have that i don't know a lot of misconceptions with, with sight loss okay uh, and, for, and and that's another thing that i do you know why i try to raise so much awareness with sight loss is because i know a lot of people from speaking to people all over the world there's a lot of people that actually become shut-ins because they uh, they are feared of the reaction they get when they go outside hmm. for, ex for example um you know i have a guide dog and I use a long cane uh, when I'm not using my guide dog. 
Okay. Um, um, but if I'm with my wife and I'm walking around, it's very difficult to know that I've got vision loss. True. Uh, you have to tell. So, uh, for example, uh, you know, we were talking about singing. I, I used to, I was still singing up until the beginning of this year. And I used to go down to London. I live in Manchester here in the UK. It's about three hours away on the train. And I used to go down to London um, a couple of weekends a month to go and do gigs uh, down there. And I'd have assistance booked to each train station to help me on and off each train and navigate the busy platforms and train stations. And they, the, the train guard would take me onto the train, sit me in my seat and then, and then leave. And then as soon as the train would set off, I would then fold my cane away, get my phone out and go on Facebook. And then people would look at you going, what's all that about? Right. They, they, a lot of people think you're either completely blind or not at all. But it's something like 96% of people affected by vision loss have some sort of useful vision. Hmm. It's only 4% that can see nothing whatsoever. But yeah. most people, and it's, a lot of that is down to the way a lot of the, 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 the charities and the organizations um, portray people with vision loss. A lot of the, the adverts you see will be people that, you know, don't see at all. Um, but most people who have vision loss look like me. True. Yeah. Cause like you actually have like the full pigmentation of your eye and everything else. So like just me watching you over a, you know, webcam, I'm not saying that all blind people have like the faded eye. I don't know if that's the right term. I pardon me if I'm not wrong, but I mean, when I have seen people with that, like the, the pupils or the, 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 the core of the eye starts lightening up or ghosting. Is that a proper term? No, it, I mean, once again, that, that depends on the actual type of condition. It doesn't happen with everyone. Okay. There's, there's lots of different ways, you know, even when I've lost all my sight through RP, you, you won't, the, the, my eyes won't go that way. Gotcha. Because it's the retinas that are dying. Um, it's, it's, you know, it depends on the, the different part of the eye that's affected. Um, you get some people that have uh, the corneas that are, um, that, that die or, um, and, and that's where you get that sort of thing. But retina is at the back of the eye. You, you know, you wouldn't be able to tell. Okay. So then let's connect this through. Let me screen share again, because your Facebook page is where you drive a lot of your traffic. Um, Absolutely. and your cover image on here has obviously, uh, by the way, a beautiful photograph, like the, just the, the colored eyes and obviously a black and white in the rest of the face. But in the tagline here, it says a place for people with RP and Usher syndrome. And you had casually mentioned Usher syndrome. Uh, to share stories and inspire each other. So let's connect this because I think this is good for us to understand. Like, so what's the difference from RP to transitioning over to the Usher syndrome? So it's just the hearing loss. The, the vision loss is exactly the same. Hmm. Uh, so it's, it's vision loss. It's the RP side of things, the tunnel vision, exactly the same symptoms RP has with hearing loss. And so does one move faster than another? Or obviously, it's, is it different with every patient or every... <laughs> person there's this um three three I'm trying to get my facts right three types of usher syndrome um one two and three and um depending on the genetic type you have it varies uh, on the severity uh, mm-hmm. and or progression and this is the same with rp there's, there's there's about 80 different gene mutations the particular type that i have um means it's what they call autosomal dominant so there's a clear trace within my family. So it comes from my mom's side. My mom had my mom's got it. She's completely blind. Hmm. Um, I've got two sisters with it. And there's a one in two chance every time you have children, whether they're going to have it. So, for example, I've got a sister 
and she's got two children, both in their twenties, and both of them have got it. Wow. I've got two. I've got four children. I've got two stepsons, but the two that are mine, um, I've got Austin, who's five, and Ellie, who's uh, nearly eleven, and with them because of the gene type that we have, there's no way of being able to test whether they've got it because it doesn't normally present itself until they're in the late teens, early twenties. So it's Interesting. like, it's part for me, the fact that it's, it's a ticking time bomb. You've got to wait, but that's also what inspires me to sort of do what I do because I want to show my kids that no matter what, you know, life throws at you, you know, sight loss is not going to stop me doing amazing things. True. Despite my might have. I'm just intrigued about the genetic side of it because we've had on, um, there's, uh, Dr. Anthony J is a geneticist and I've had him on the show multiple times just on the, the health and fitness side of things. Like he and I actually did a Facebook live podcast episode. Um, and I had done the, you ever hear of 23 and me? Yes, of course I have. Yeah. So I did the whole saliva swab test thing and I, uh, you know, I, I paid to have the genealogical stuff done and then I added the, the health package on and they give you their like kind of like high level health data reports. And he's like, Scott, he's like, that's not deep enough, man. He's like, and here's a little hack for anybody of your followers who hears this. He's like, just go back into the website and export the raw data file. They let you act, you know, export it. But most people don't know what to do with the raw data from the genetic analysis that took a couple of months to put together and he does. So he, I just sent him the file and then he digs in and does his whole, like one of his services is, is he does a uh, supplemental and chemicals to avoid analysis on your DNA. And then he spit back to me and we, we did this live on a podcast, but he went through all the different supplements or key minerals and vitamins that my genetic markers state I should pay more attention to. And then obviously how certain things like even down to apparently I, I produce, I can actually burn through coffee, caffeine 50% faster than most people, which is why wow. I love coffee. But there's even markers stating that like I'm an endurance athlete. Well, I already kind of knew that, but the, there's markers that state that. And he's, he's actually, there's actually markers in there that um, he says you actually hold on to adrenaline longer than other people. So it's really important that I work out to yeah. exercise that out or else I'm kind of a jerk. Um, <laughs> I'm the same. Okay. So you, you yeah. get this. Um, yeah. I have to work out five days a week. Otherwise, uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Grumpy. Well, apparently if you wanted to, you, there's actually a, I wish I would have known about that. So that's why I'm excited about that because I'm like, man, I didn't know that granular level of detail was available. And I'm just like, man, there's, is, is it really true that at the genetic marker level, some of these aren't manifesting until later in life? I don't know. Yeah. Maybe it's not at the, at the genetic level because, you know, the, they've got it in, they carry the gene. Yes. So it's not a one in two chance they've got the gene, but it's whether actually, you know, they start actually having the effects of RP. True. So, yes. You know, they may, they may be carriers of the gene, but it, it, they may, you know, there's a one in two chance whether they're actually going to develop it to the point where they start losing the vision. But it doesn't normally... Like, for, as I said, for autosomal dominant, it's not until late teens, early 20s that you start getting night blindness. And then, you know, it's a very slow progression ways. You have other genetic types. There's a, a genetic type called X-linked. Hmm. And you get children like uh, Jackie Wilson, who I was speaking about in uh, uh, Amarillo in Texas, who has been affected by it, you know, at the age of six and started to lose her vision rapidly then. So, yeah. See, this is why I'm a, I'm a big advocate for... Uh... Uh, have you, I'm sure you've heard of blue light blocking glasses. 
Yes, absolutely. I used to have um, a pair of blue blockers. Yeah. So I've had like two or three different founders of three different kinds of blue blocking glasses on the show because it doesn't matter if you're like me. I don't have a marker. I don't have any potential blindness issues, but it doesn't mean that I could not impair my vision and possibly trigger something like that down the road because of the excessive amount of technology and the excessive amount of blue light exposure that our bodies were never designed to handle, especially our eyes. Uh So do you guys talk a lot about that too? Because like these young children who have the marker and possibly could, you know, develop more blindness, like what if we can keep those eyes healthier by having them use blue light blockers when they're on their iPads and iPhones and computers? It's a massive, massive thing, especially this month. Um, I did a radio interview a few days ago uh, or last week for uh, RNIB, which is the Royal National Institute for the Blind. And on the show, uh, we were talking about an advert that just went out, which I'd love you to have a look at um, for a company called Spec Savers. Do you have Spec Savers in the US? Spec Savers. Let me let me Google them here while you're telling me about them. Like, like S-P-E-C-K or... S-B-E-C, and then Savers, all one word. Now, the massive uh, opticians and, and, and glasses company. And they did uh, a video. If you go onto YouTube, actually, you might see the video or you've got a link up on your page for this. It's an absolutely fantastic, uh, ad- very clever advert campaign. You put in uh, Spec Savers, how much are your eyes worth? Oh, like interesting, uh, interesting tagline. So like what that. they did was, in a, I think it was Australia and New Zealand, they put this advert out, and it's, it's caused a lot of controversy. It only just went out a couple of weeks ago, but it's very, very well done. And I, I've not met anyone who's watched the advert yet that hasn't cried whilst watching it. And what they did was they set up a fake uh, business, a fake company, a research company, and then they invited people, to uh, general public, to come in. And they sat them down, and they said to them, okay how much um, would you take money-wise for if for us to buy your eyes off you? Wow. There's a question. Uh-huh. Uh, Interesting. And I think they got up to, um, if I'm right, 200 million per eye on one person. And not one person said that they would. And... The, so basically, most people either said they were priceless or they wanted an extremely large amount of money. But the question is, these people then they then ask these people, when were the last time you had your eyes checked? They go and get the teeth checked, but I would, they wouldn't take. You know, if someone offered them two hundred million for the teeth, yeah. I'm sure they'd take that. But they wouldn't sell their eyes for any. That's that's the one there. They wouldn't sell their eyes for any amount of money, but yet they don't get them checked. And the amount of people that lose their sight due to preventable eye conditions, as we were just talking about there. Right. Um, frightening. And that's what... Yeah, they're they're not here in the States in. yet. No, so I'm just very surprised. Actually. Yeah, because they're, they're Australia, Netherlands, Ireland, yeah. UK, Denmark, New Zealand, Finland, Spain, Norway, Sweden. Huh. But here's the YouTube. I'm not going to play it, but I mean, there's the video. Actually, this one, it's got 36,000 views. Your eyes are priceless by spec savers. And in the, in the paragraph there, it says, what are your eyes worth to you? And it was published September 6th, 2018 by the Australian uh, section of spec savers. So it's such a powerful advert. I will definitely um, link this. Um, but yeah, that, you know, it goes on with what we were just talking about there, that how many people get their eyes checked and, um, and don't look after the vision. 
but it's something that you should never take for granted. And, you know, I, um, along with all the other people that are losing the sight within the blind community, uh, can uh, be testament to that because, you know, it, me losing my vision, knowing that I've probably got about a year left before the rest of it goes mm-hmm. with, with how, uh, how, how it's declining. Um, I, uh, it's changed me as a person. It's made me a better father, a better husband. I appreciate the little things in life. I used to be quite materialistic and, and now um, I've, you know, I've sort of changed my life completely around because I do appreciate everything and I try and make memories every single day. Well, I, I love what you're hinting on here because my, my fiance, very, very smart woman. Um, she's a doctor of veterinary medicine with large animal. So she's a horse vet. She has her own practice with uh, two other female doctors. She's also a doctor of chiropractic. So she can literally adjust the spine of a horse. Uh, it's quite impressive. Uh, but she also you doing all your sports as well, isn't it? You know, having the, someone that could adjust your spine. Yeah, no, when... she won't work on me. So I'm like, what, what's up with that? She's like, it's not the same anatomy. I said, I'm sure you could figure it out. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, so I, I still pay to go to a chiropractor myself. And anyway, but the interesting thing was, is her vision is not good. And so actually once I had on, oh, it's, it's Travis Ziegler, who's the founder of I Love Cares. And he's an eye doctor and he created a not-for-profit initiative to help like kids in Africa, for example, or other countries uh, improve their vision. And he said, listen, there's literally children suffering from borderline blindness simply because they don't have a pair of glasses. And he said, he said, one of the things he could do is just show up with a giant box of like the reading glasses that for for the aging population. And he's like, that changes the world for them. Like the ones you walk, you, you, you can walk into a pharmacy or a drugstore here in the States and you can find them for like a couple of bucks. Like they're just, cause like uh, the elderly just lose them all the time. So they're really, really cheap. He's like, if I just take all of those that people lose and just donate them, you'd be surprised about the impact you can make in the world for kids who don't have glasses. A friend of mine who um, was, has been sort of supporting me from, from the beginning of my journey, she's called Joanne Milne and she's got Usher syndrome. She had one of the most watched YouTube clips uh, of about five years ago, and um, she's got Usher syndrome. And it, it was a. If, if, actually, if you go to YouTube and search her, Joe Milne, M I L N E, and you'll see a video come up of her. Um, she had a switch and on what, video. What was the first her, name? Uh, Joanne oh, okay. or Joe Milne. Have a little look on YouTube. You'll see. You'll see videos on there with millions and millions of views. They did. Um, she had a thing called a cochlear implant fitted about five years ago and the video they're in a, in a doctor's waiting room hearing a clear voice for the first time crying hearing the, the nurse repeat the days of the week and through that she became pretty famous over here in the UK she's a, an ambassador for a charity called the Hearing Foundation which is run by the Osmonds oh yeah there's a lot here let me just I'll screen share give her a little we're just we're just yeah. shouting out all kinds of people today but she's gotten videos yeah. about her Posted by Glastonbury Goers, Loose Women, The Telegraph. The third uh, video down there, the the, um, the the sorry, the way it says "Deaf Woman Hears for the First Time." That's the uh, that's that's the one of her being switched on. But she, the reason why I, I brought her up was oh um, yeah, over one million views. She went to Bangladesh uh, and if you write did a TV show here for BBC, your... where she went out to Bangladesh to some really impoverished areas. And they donated hearing aids to children 
and they did a mass switch on of uh, all these kids out in Bangladesh being able to hear for the first time. Wow. And they actually won an award uh, at the BAFTAs here um, in the UK. But um, very, very powerful stuff. So, you know, being able to do something as simple as that for, for you know, can make a massive, massive difference. But yeah, that's the video. I mean, there. you could see her. Yeah, I just muted it just to help with the podcast. But look at me. She's crying. She's emotional. I mean, this is so she she's never heard. She's never heard a clear voice before. She never heard her own voice. Wow. She's been on the deaf from being a child. And then she had this, co you know, these cochlear implants fitted, which um, it's powerful. Uh, and, and you know, being just she said when she adjusted a few days later, just being able to hear things like the birds, you know, in, in the morning, um, it's it's things it's gotta like be, that. It's got to be overwhelming, I would think too. Yeah, because from a I mean, like a sensory overload, because you just ne never heard all these little sounds. Well, it, it takes a few days to adjust. When they first turn on the cochlear implant, people hearing voices um, for for Joanne, it sounded like chipmunks it was very high pitched right and it's your brain adjusts that you, you know you actually hear it as as, as we hear but um yeah it, it takes a little while i mean music and that's how we got in um that's how we connected was the the standby me that we were talking about which is how it all sort of started for me i, I spoke about how i was going through a really rough time and we'd lost our house and we were really struggling what yeah, yeah i definitely wanted to make sure we came back to that because that's a heck of a backstory yeah, so, so basically the way it happened for me was we were, you know, really going through a rough time. Uh, we lost our house and everything, and so we had to sort of move because we couldn't afford the rent um, on where we were staying because I wasn't working anymore, really, you know, struggling with depression and anxiety. And my sister, who has RP, said, you know, you should go onto Facebook and you should get involved with the support groups that are out there, speak to people who are going through the same thing as you, you know, They'll, they'll be where you get all your information from because you don't get much from sort of doctors to just sort of tell you in quite a sort of clinical cold way that, you know, you're, you're going blind and that's it. Sure. Cure fixed. So, you know, as a means of support, get involved with Facebook. So I did that and I got um, asked to go and perform and go and sing at a meeting here in the UK in a place called Newcastle for people with RP and Usher syndrome. And the night before the event, I was in bed and I was thinking of uh, songs I could do for them, going over what I, you know, what I performed the following day. And I, I had the idea, I thought it'd be a great idea if I could take a song that everyone knows, but then change the words to make it more relatable, you know, have more of an impact. So I thought Benny King, Stand By Me would be a great one to use because I like the opening line, when the night has come and the land is dark and the moon is the only light we'll see. That's night blindness to me. Because wow. I see the moon in the sky, but I can't see any stars. That's one of the massive things that I miss about not being able to see at night is I can't see stars in the sky anymore. Okay. Um, so I um, I rewrote the song in about 20 minutes in bed. It, the words started to flow out of me. And I went and performed it the following day. And people in the room cried. I then started getting messages. I put, a, I put the video out on YouTube and I started getting messages from people within the blind community. I shared it on the support groups and people were messaging me saying, you know, you're saying words and you're talking about things that I've never been able to express myself and you brought me to tears. And, and that struck a chord with me being able to sort of do that for someone. So that, uh, I, as soon as I, as soon as I started to get those messages, I thought, hang on, this, this is something I can do. Hmm. So Joanne actually heard Stand By Me RP, the video on YouTube. 
and she messaged me and she said, look, she said, Dave, I love the video, love the song. Um, I'm doing, uh, I've got a book that's been released next year about my life. It's called Breaking the Silence. And would you come and perform at the book launch at the event? So I was like, yeah, of course I will. Hmm. So she said, could you do the same thing that you've done with Stand By Me, but write it about my life, about being deafblind? So I then chose another song uh, by a Manchester group called Elbow called One Day Like This. And I rewrote the lyrics to that in about 20 minutes again, sent it her. And she burst out crying as soon as I sent it her. She said, Dave, you'll never believe. She said, that was the, one of the first pieces of music I ever listened to. And you've chosen that song. It was just pure coincidence that I chose, you know, what a, it was a best friend, a guy called Tremaine. Who, You're giving me chills uh, right now just from that connection. When she started, when she, when she, because she'd never heard music before. So what he did was a best friend. He made her a mixtape of a song from every year from when she was born up until now. And uh, the One Day Like This by Elbow was what was one of the first songs she listened to on that tape. And um, so the fact that I chose that and rewrote that. But as soon as I went and performed at her book launch, that's when I started writing. And as I said, you know, it got to the point where now Stand By Me RP Facebook page is one of the largest RP support groups in the whole of the world. And I not only get messages about my poetry, but what I do is I dedicate all my time now to if I get someone that's going through a rough time with sight loss and they're not adjusting, or it's not even just the people, it's, you know, sometimes I get, I get the, you know, families and friends and loved ones of people that are going through sight loss and they'll message me uh, and I'll ring them, we'll speak and we'll talk and, I, you know, I'll pick up the phone every week, every day to, to try and help people and support them. And that has given me my purpose, which is what, you know, I thought that I'd lost. So when we talked about singing, you know, having to, give that up to do this it was never I never gave it a second thought because everything that I've been through in my past um, because I've been through a lot in my life there's been times where you know I've had a lot of I've been homeless you know I've been through a lot in my early sort of sort of early 20s teenage years where every struggle that I've been through has given me the strength to be able to cope with what I'm going through now my singing that I did in the past has given me the ability to write the stuff that I do now and and be open and honest and bear my soul and talk about these sort of things, which is, you know, where I'm making the connection with these people. So being able to do that, you know, when I look at everything that I've been through in the past, I go, ha, this is why, because it's brought me here. So this is what I was meant to do. Well, and the beauty of that is there's so many things you're, you're sharing with us. I want to make sure the listeners are picking it out because one, anything worth achieving in life is going to come with struggle. That's Absolutely. hands down, hands down. The problem is I've been through, yeah. I mean, the, the problem is, unfortunately, there's a lot of younger people because I've been there too. And I had to learn from that, just like you've had to learn from that. And you, uh-huh. you, you, you had, you know, briefly mentioned somebody who had almost was considering suicide. Yeah. And that's when you know that struggle is real and people are having major concerns and major issues. It should never take it to that far. And yes, people could talk about mental illness. That's not the point of this show. But it's like, I, I have a sister who suffers from depression her entire life, okay? Mm-hmm. I went through a very, very, very brief point after a uh, early, one of my first romances, right? It just didn't go out well. But I was lucky enough that I had enough strength to fight through that and work through it and learn from it. But then every time you make a mistake in business, your career, your job, like people are afraid to make mistakes. And it's like, that's when you learn the most powerful lessons and it builds you stronger each step of the way. And that's what I'm hearing from you. 
So if it, you know, as this gets shared, once we air this, it's like, that's what I want, hopefully people to hear this, like whether they're in the blind community or not, whether they're RP or usher or, or uh, hearing impaired, it's like, guys, like, this is what I love about your story is the, me- you the mental game. I'll say something now. When I first started doing this, when I first started writing the poetry and putting it out there, I, I promised to myself that I was going to be as open as I, ca- I can be and, and bear all. I, I'm one of these that I believe that there's great strength in being able to talk about weakness. Yes. And that, that I base everything I do on that. And when I first started posting, I not only was getting messages saying, you know, all the things that I've said about how, you know, much of an impact it had on them, you know, X, Y, and Z, but I, I also got messages from people within the blind community saying, you can't do this. Stop what you're doing. Hmm. Do not talk about these things. You cannot talk about the negative about of sight loss. You portray us in a bad light. You portray us as weak. You know, you can't talk about the negative. You can only talk about the positive. That's that's and, that's not balanced. <laughs> but I, I got I got a lot of criticism um, mm. when I first started doing it, and I took you know some of it to heart because I was just starting, and everything that I was writing, everything that I, I write is my heart and soul on page. It's all you know. I mean every word. It's all stuff I've been through, especially that first book. That first book. It's funny the way those three books progress. It's you know the first book is very much you know the, 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 some of the poems in there where I was literally in a darkened room, my eyes stinging, you know, really struggling with everything that was going on. And, and, and I put it all on the page, but I was getting messages from people saying, oh, you can't do that. You can't do that. But there's, there's the messages I would get from people saying, you know, you're, you, you, you're talking about, you know, words that could have come out of my head. It's, it's, they're saying it's like you're, you're there in my life because I'm feeling all these things and just, having someone you know or, or reading a poem or you know re- reading something that explains exactly how you feel makes you feel like you're not alone anymore yes and it's such a massive massive thing we all have that one song that has got us through a tough time you know everyone that you know you talk about breakup songs and, and there's, 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 there's songs that we all go back to in times of our lives that have helped us and that was when i had the idea for the poetry that is what i wanted it to do I wanted, you know, these poems, this collection of poems to be, you know, things that people can use, you know, they can look at them and go, that's how I'm feeling today. And that's what I get. I get a lot of people messaging me saying they they use them as a tool to communicate to their friends and family how they're feeling. If they can't find the words themselves, they'll pull a particular poem out of the book and say, this is me today. Mm-hmm. And I've had people message me saying, you've, you've saved my relationship with my, my partner because... I couldn't communicate before, but now I've got the words to do that because I can't find them myself. I've got your words. Well, what you're, what you're describing is the struggle of becoming an influencer and whether it's like me with what I do or we, what you're doing, it's the same thing in regards to somebody has to eventually develop the bravery enough to get vulnerable and get real. And it took me years to discover that the, the, there's strength in vulnerability it's bringing it across in a way that first is let's be real be selfish it's going to help you right you're getting through this i'm getting through this like right and then it's like wait a minute okay what if i could help one other person or two other people and yeah those people that were bashing you because they are they themselves are in the struggle and they were afraid 
to embrace that same vulnerability. And that's okay. I tell people all the time from a marketing standpoint is, all right, guys, like whether you have lovers or haters, you still have followers. So yes. even the haters are following you and sharing your content. And then eventually, hopefully through enough repetition of your content, you start breaking their walls down and they finally break through that psychological epiphany of like, oh man, why am I bashing him? He's basically telling me everything that I'm avoiding, right? Absolutely. Yeah, it's I've not got, easy. I've got, <laughs> I've got what I want to share with you. And I've got a poem here I want to read for you. Please um, do. I won an award. Uh, beginning, I'm, a, I'm an ambassador for a charity here in the UK that's based in sort of northwest of England where I live called Henshaws. And they look after people with sight loss, support people with sight loss and a whole range of other disabilities. Do they, and, have, do they have a site yeah. that I could share? Yeah. So it's Henshaws. Um, Henshaws.co.uk. So H E N. S H A W S. And we'll find loads of stuff on there. But they yeah, support people with different disabilities, but mainly sight loss here in the northwest of England. And I, I won an award for them um, at the beginning of this year uh, called, they actually made it up for me called the Impact Award at their annual awards. And when I went to collect the award, I had a, I had a sort of an idea that I was being presented with something, but I didn't know what it was. Um, and I was, um, I was due to read some poems anyway. And I wanted to write something that would explain to the people in the audience which were sort of lots of dignitaries lots of mayors and stuff from, from the sort of this area i wanted to explain to them what i did and where i sort of come from um and i tried writing a speech sat there for ages couldn't couldn't get it out of my head of what i wanted to actually say hmm. so then i had the idea i know what i'll do i'll just write it in a poem form uh, so as, as my speech, um, I did this, and this basically explains a little bit of my story, basically. And this is what I said. All the tears that I have shed and scars upon my wrist have made me who I am today, prepared me now for this. I wouldn't be so strong if I had never failed before. I'd still be isolated, scared to step outside my door. I'm not saying that I'm over this. Those bad eye days still come. But even now, whilst reading this, I'm blinded by the sun. I'm anxious and my chest is tight. I feel like giving in. But deep inside my heart, I know I'll never let this win. I promised just four years ago when blindness certified through poetry, I'd share my tale to others far and wide. So no one ever need to feel alone with losing sight. Explain their thoughts to loved ones through these verses that I write. But never did I imagine that my words could do so much. They've healed the hearts of strangers, opened doors with slightest touch. I'll be a friend, my pride will mend, my purpose clear to see. Three books will be my legacy, my stand by me RP. I know that soon these faces that I look upon today will disappear, but I won't fear. These memories will stay. My wife, my sons, my daughter in here will never age. My love for them is printed in each poem, verse and page. When last has gone, I'll carry on to make my family proud, to be a voice for others, help them lift this hazy shroud, inspire them to grab a cane and step outside their home. Four words, each poem's message, saying you are not alone. And that was my speech. That was powerful. And actually, that was being tweeted by Max, right? Was it that I think one? That uh, I don't know, actually. I've put a few out, so possibly one of them. Because, I mean, yeah. it's ringing a bell. I mean, I'm like, that's, I think that's one I also watched. I, can't, I mean, I, I, obviously, once I found out about you, I went and found a couple other pieces. So that one was sticking in my head. So, 
And it, it's, by the way, strong work. I've only tried a couple of poems when I was a kid. <laughs> the fact that you can write three books worth. Um, I've never written anything that's taken me longer than 20 minutes because I believe if it takes longer and I'm struggling, mm -hmm. then it's not coming from the heart. So oh, there's a, there's a hack. There's a hack for people, right? Uh -huh. If it doesn't flow straight out of me, then it's not worth writing. I'm going through that right now. I'm actually working on my first book. So, um, <laughs> and it's funny because it's funny you'd mention that now because I, I, you know, I, I list out a potential list of chapters, but yeah. I've noticed that I didn't go in order. I just started because I, I, I travel so much. I can't sit down and write, or I shouldn't say I can't, I just choose not to. So I, I picked up a, uh, I downloaded a, a voice transcription app. So it basically records everything I say and then transcribes it into a text file. Which I love, by the way. Um, so if you ever need that, by the way, it's called Otter O T T E R dot AI, as in artificial intelligence instead of dot com. Love it. Okay. I mean, they give you six hundred free minutes of recording time a month. I'm like, wow. who needs more than that? So, <laughs> but Eddie, I love it because it's been helping me finally get my thoughts out. And now, granted, my my book is not poetry. It's going to be a story of me, you know, leaving the corporate space and then becoming a wildland firefighter in the Western part of the U S fighting wildfires in the mountains with the federal government to then coming back and becoming an entrepreneur, yada, yada, yada. But people from the podcast and my, my logo is a fire. So that's obviously a little hint, hint where live the fuel came from for your benefit is, you know, the firefighting it, life, the life shift of giving it all up, becoming a firefighter and coming back again, I guess. So, so I'm trying to create a piece that, kind of stems back to what you and I were just talking about, which is the importance of embracing the suck. <laughs> I don't know how better way to set you have to sum it up. Like this, uh, the life worth living is not going to be perfect. It's going to be imperfect. It's going to have struggle. It's going to have challenges. And unfortunately your part of your story is you may lose your sight, but it doesn't mean you lose your life. You just, you're, you're embracing a whole new chapter. And what I say to people, you know, when they message me and we talk, I'll say that, you know, we everyone has the bad days and it's about not beating yourself up about it. It's about just taking a step back and just saying, OK, I just need to refocus. You know, depression and anxiety are part of, you know, it's, it's a natural part of anything like this. Hmm. So, you know, you just got to say, OK, you know, it, it's just another symptom. I'll just let, give myself time to breathe, recuperate, refocus and then go at it again. You just, you know. Don't beat yourself up for having a, a bad day or feeling down. It's it's natural to be part of it, but just keep going. No, I, I love that, and it, it's again, you, you just talking with you today. That's why I love co-hosting. I don't. It's a great conversation, but you you you're digging stuff out of my past where, like, I briefly had told you about my little brief. Like, I was only a couple of months of depression, but it sucked, yeah. and that was uh -huh. because that was the first person that I thought that I was opening my heart up to, and then obviously that came crashing down. So that just rocked my world when I thought I had all my act together. Like I was working my way up in a company and I was making good money and blah, blah, blah. And that just crashed apart. And it just helped me realize in the beginning, it's like, wait a minute, maybe you put too much emphasis on that or you didn't put enough or you weren't balancing your life. That's why I'm a huge advocate for life balance and health and fitness. And you got to eat the right foods and you got to take care of the body and condition it because when that stuff happens, your body and your mind is a little more resilient to make it through. Uh, because yeah. your brain health is so crucial. It's tied to your nutrition. So um, Working out and nutrition has been a big part of, of, of me. You know, I, I, I train sort of every day. And, and if I have any time off from the gym, 
uh, I really notice a difference in my vision. Mm. So, so and, and, and eating obviously is, is even bigger than the gym. Wow. But if, if I have a, an off spell from, from a diet and I'm not eating strict and, you know, fall by the wayside, whether it be Christmas or in the summer when you're away with the kids, you know, I, I can notice a difference in my vision. So it, it's, it's been a massive thing for me. Going to the gym was, was one of the, before I started doing the poetry, when I first started uh, losing my sight, that was one of the things I started doing um, because it was, it was the only thing I could do. My wife had dropped me off at the gym and I, I, you know, it was my independence. It was like me clinging onto one of the few things I could still sort of get around by myself. And um, it's, you know, it's very, very important to me. But it was also an outlet for you. It wasn't just a, a necessary part of your lifestyle, but it's like, wait a minute, this is my outlet. This, <laughs> it's good. Yeah, yeah, it was that and singing, you know, uh, going away doing the gigs uh, was a big sort of outlet. Uh, I don't want to ask you, I mean, something so passionate, something that you had spent so much time doing. Yes. And even though you, even though you, you, you made that sacrifice to become the poet, the author, the writer, and then creating this community. Have you started about thinking about ways to bring that art back into what you're doing today more? Yeah. Um, it, it is. Yeah. It, it will come. What, uh, one of my plans at the moment is I'm, I'm doing this book that I, I spoke about with my friend in New York, which I'll probably look at releasing the beginning of the next year, sort of February, January, February time. But after that, I'm going to be doing a Stand By Me RP album. Now, this is a concept I came up with about two years ago, and I've been sort of working on it bits and pieces. Every poem that I've written uh, in the last four years, mm-hmm. they're basically, a po- poetry to me is song lyrics. I, I was going to yeah. say the same thing. I'm not an artist, but I'm like, you guys, you literally have all of your content. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've got my content. And what I've done is, I've already done this with a few people in the States. I've got a, a couple of videos out there and um, stuff that have been posted on Facebook where people have, uh, different visually impaired musicians have turned my poetry into songs. Oh, and what I'm, what, what I'm doing is I'm going to do a Stand By Me RP album, uh, which is going to be donated to, uh, the profits will be split between a charity in the States and a charity here in the UK. Hmm. And we're going to get different musicians, visually impaired musicians doing you know turning my poetry into songs but all in different styles so i've got some country i've got some rap i've got some soul r&b i've got i've got an opera uh, a couple who do opera here in the uk get out um, that's cool eclectic mix of all different genres but all with that message within the poetry um, which everything that i've written has, has always been intended to be turned into music so that will you know it'll come first you know full circle Eventually. Uh, and the best part is, and granted, uh, this is the power of podcasting because so this benefits your following is that I I can see you smile right now. And I can see you, like, as you're talking about it, I can tell you're excited by its potential. And that's when you yeah. know you're on the right path, when you when you get excited. So Yeah, I've, 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 I knew from the start, it's funny with this, um, when I initially first started writing the poetry, and when I first got that, that as I spoke about earlier, that idea in while I was sat in bed when I rewrote Stand By Me, I knew, I didn't know where it was going to go. I could never have dreamed it going in the direction it's gone and it's still going. But I knew that it was going to be important. And um, I honestly believe that these books, you know, are going to last a lot longer than I'm around uh, from what they do uh, and you know what they've already done for people within the, the blind community. Uh, 
the power of getting a message across through music or poetry. It's it's a lot, you know, it has more of an impact than than someone doing a, a talk, you know, mm-hmm. someone listening to a piece of poetry or, or a piece of music really has the ability to sort of seep into the heart and soul like nothing else. And that was the idea right from the start that, you know, I, if we could, I didn't know anyone else that was doing it, you know, getting this sort of message across, especially something so important where, you know, people need a bit of support when they're, when they're you know, losing the sight or losing the hearing or, you know, going through a rough time. You know, it's, it's a great way of being able to, to do it. And poetry is really sort of making a bit of a comeback now. It's, I don't know, it's, you know, how big, if it's the same in the States, but here in the UK, um, there's a lot of poetry uh, now. There was a thing, and this, yeah, I'll give you another link now. Um, there was last last year, not last year, year before, the Ariana Grande concert attack in Manchester. Do you remember it? Yes, yes, that was horrible. Yeah, that happened about a mile down the road from where I live. Oh my gosh. And um, when uh, the, a couple of days after uh, the event, there was a, a vigil held in Manchester Town Hall and there was a poet by the name of Tony Walsh, who once again lives in the same little village as me, just down the road. And he read a poem uh, on the steps of the town hall of Manchester called This Is The Place. And that, it had a massive, massive impact. So there's a video on YouTube for it. Yeah, I want to listen to it, but it, it describes the the spirit of Manchester people and and it really sort of brought us together as a community when, you know, the, the, the attack had sort of tore us apart. We lost 22, 22. Uh, there was, there was kids there that, you know, I sort of know, uh, that were, that, that were killed in the attack as well. It was and, and, and so it, tragic. Yeah, actually I've got a few different tattoos and stuff, but I've actually got a, a bee tattooed on the, on my back, which is, um, the, the Manchester worker bee all the tattoo artists in the whole of the UK even went as far as Australia. What they did was everyone got Manchester worker bees tattooed on them. Um, and all the money, um, was donated to the families of, of, of the, uh, the people that uh, lost their lives in the attack. Oh, wow. Um, and yeah, so, you know, that, that was my little thing having, having that done for them. But, um, yeah, it, I, I want to put a link up for that poem. This is a place by Tony Walsh. That poem inspired me, um, to you know, to to write um, and 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 to get my message out there the way he the way he does, but it's it's a very powerful thing. So, you know, it's it's something that I'm lucky that I've found the ability to do. Well, I'll tell you, if you track it down or any easy links or whatever, if you know, email them back over to me. I'll I'll make sure we'll build them into the podcast show notes for the blog article. That way, you know, we're, we're kind of honing all of this amazing content you discussed today into just one powerful uh-huh. episode. So that's why. Like there's a lot of podcasts out there who don't for some reason publish to a website. And I'm like, you're crazy because not everybody's going to listen to it. Not everybody's going to watch it on YouTube. Some people want to read it uh, if they can. So I yeah. try and get the content out there in all domains. That way there's no excuse and everybody eventually can find it and, and, and use it as they see fit. So, um, but if you, if you haven't had there, uh, track it down, let me know. I'll, Cause I already, I'm gonna, everything else you brought up today, I got to add all these links now to, um, yeah, yeah. To, so I'm making my, that's okay. Voice. You're, 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 you're making me work. I like it. I like it. So, um, well, well listen, we got to bring the show to the close, uh, sooner or later. And I just love everything you've been doing. Uh, I stand by me is a great brand name, by the way, obviously, like I said, I joked around about it. It's so cool to connect that back to that eighties film. 
Um, it was a, it was one of those movies when I was a kid that just left a lasting impression. So I think the symbolism, you know, behind the words is pretty powerful. Um, but as the guest co-host, you have part of the responsibility to help us close the show out. And at the, at this level of influence that you really creating, I love it. It's going to be easy for you to close it out because you get the final words. You've already given us a share of a powerful poem. Um, but is there an all-encompassing message above the music, the future music, your future book tour, the you know the the new book you're working on, like everything that's out there? Like besides being the awareness champion, right? The champion of awareness for RP and, and even Usher. I mean, what is an all-encompassing message you're trying to leave behind through all the content that you're creating? I've got a poem that could probably say that. Hey, this is what you do. I'm game. <laughs> Very short one, but this poem. Um, this quite has got quite a bit of significance for me. One of the messages I got from, uh, I got a message last year from a lady who lives in the South coast of England. Lady who's, uh, I guess her age, but I'd say she's probably sort of late forties, early fifties. And for 30 years, she worked as a nurse doing palliative care for people who were dying. And last year she found out that she had RP and she dramatically started to lose her sight and, she wasn't able to work because of that. She fell into depression and she went through uh, a lot of anxiety. And like me, she joined the RP support groups on Facebook, uh, including my page, Stand By Me RP. And the first post that she wrote was a poem from me, which is what I'm about to write. And after, uh, so what I'm about to read. And after, after reading that poem, um, she's, recovered you know she's on the road to recovery from the depression and anxiety she's now working for rnib uh helping people and um, volunteering doing for them she's completely turned her life around she's now writing some of her own poetry as a way to express herself as well and uh, this one it's basically the message is pretty clear and this is the message that i tried to put across to everyone and all it says is it's okay to be scared it's okay to be afraid for all the sight we're yet to lose as our loved ones' faces fade. But don't let that fear consume you. Push the ones you love away. Despite all that's gone, to them hold on. Through the fog, they'll lead the way. But if friends and family leave you because they don't understand, just remember you are not alone. This life never goes as planned. Though we may be total strangers and reside on different shores, through these poems know your story, for my tunnel's same as yours. It's okay to be scared. It's okay to be afraid. Though you may not see, you've a friend in me that will never be betrayed. Wow. Those are some final words. Well, Dave, Hank, I want to give you a proper goodbye off the air. Ladies and gentlemen, I love running this podcast show. Just another <laughs> rock and roll, just crushing it on the mic. Guest co-host, Dave Steele. So again, guys... Thanks. You can follow him on Twitter at Steel with an E on the end, 75. Obviously, the Facebook page, this will all be linked in the show notes on the, on the, on the podcast uh, website for livethefield.com, but Stand By Me RP awareness page, or just go for it in your Facebook, you just type at Stand By Me RP, and you'll bring it up. But each of us know somebody, I, I guarantee it, with vision impairment, hearing impairment, it doesn't matter. So as we come across influencers like this and amazing communities, please share that's all I can ask from the power of a podcast show is share this awareness, share the books, whatever strikes your fancy, just share. Uh, when we learn about these amazing people and what they're doing, 
that's all we can do in the space and in our future is keep sharing the content, keep getting the message out there. And we are all making the world a better place. So uh, again, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for tuning in. We are definitely fueling your health, business, and lifestyle. And today, so much on health, so much on lifestyle, so much on awareness. Thanks again for listening in. Thanks for subscribing. And thank you for sharing. We will talk to you guys again soon. You too can live the fuel. Hey there, Live the Fuel listeners. This is Scott Mulvaney, your chief intrepid officer, your podcast co-host and founder of Live the Fuel. Just want to take one to two minutes more of your time and give you a little extra value at the end of each of these episodes. Uh, First off, I wanted to make sure you guys got over to livethefuel.com and actually took advantage of my Super 7's resource guide. It's a free offer. And it just gives you uh, 21 different resources to fuel your own health, business, and or lifestyle success. Just some of the tools and applications that I've used and books that I've read uh, over the years to help me grow in a personal and a professional mindset. Now, while you're on the website, hop on over to the supported brand section. I created a new section on the website just to promote brands that I grow and have trusted in my personal and my professional life. I mean, there's, there's applications on there that I use in business-wise, but more importantly, healthy lifestyle-wise, there's companies that I've had founders on this show. Just a quick name drop them. You got Eat Pilly Nuts, you got Pure Vitamin Club, you got my connection with Isogenics since 2010, since I was wild and firefighting. Love to be able to help you get healthy and fit, lose weight or improve your athletic performance, or heck, in my case, I'm 40 now, age better. And uh, another quick little plug on there is Villa Capelli. Love their olive oil. And real quick note, Villa Capelli and e Nuts, I have my own discount code. So go to lilyfield.com, click on the supporter brand section to get into the resources page, and you'll see my discount code. So enjoy that. Now, while you're on the website too, I've also now built another new tool for you guys, Fuel Library. So the Fuel Library is obviously as it says. It's a library of the either digital audiobooks from Audible or physical books that I've either purchased, uh, borrowed, consumed, etc. Uh, heck, even actually half of these authors I've actually now had on the podcast. So feel free to go to Fuel Library. I've divided it into health, business, and lifestyle directed sections, and I've been building that out. I'm still looking to add a lot more content because there's tons of authors and amazing books out there. So again, go check that out as well. And then uh, two last things for you. One, Please, if you get a chance, get over to iTunes and give this show a review. It's going to help us grow the exposure and help other people out there in the world find Live the Fuel and also find these amazing co-hosts I bring on here to help them influence and hopefully positively change their health goals, their fitness goals, their business startup goals, their lifestyle, etc. So please, submit a review. I would love to be able to start reading your reviews on a future podcast. And the last thing I'm going to go in here with is my disclaimer. I'm throwing disclaimer in because honestly, I talk a lot about health on this show and business and obviously health and fitness impacts your lifestyle. So please, if you are suffering from a medical illness, a disease, etc., remember podcasts in general do not replace professional advice. So if you have concerns, please go obviously consult a professional. I do bring amazing professionals on this show, but in the end, this is free content that we're sharing over the podcast world. This does not replace obviously a one-on-one consultation, whether it be with a business consultant, a, a lifestyle coach, etc., or obviously a health or medical doctor. So again, that's just my quick disclaimer. This is free content. Take it as such, but please see your professionals. Thanks for listening, gang. Talk to you guys again soon. Thank you for subscribing to Live the Fuel. Stay connected on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Live the Fuel. And remember, you too can live the fuel. So please visit us at livethefuel.com.